have some conversations around money, right? So make sure there's folks in your life who you can talk to about money. Now, I'm not saying you should go up to like John in accounting and be like, yo, John, let's talk about how much money you earn. I mean, you can if you want, but like start with someone who loves, trusts and respects you, right? So start with your best mate um, or your work BFF or your mom or your uncle or a cousin. Just start, start in a safe place, right? Because it's awkward if you haven't talked about money much. So you want to start in that place. And then eventually you do want to talk to colleagues at work, perhaps at your company or at competitive companies. And it's a lot easier to talk to people in ranges when it comes to money. So instead of being like, hey, Susie, how much are you getting paid? You can be like, hey, Susie, I've got a performance review coming up. I'm really excited to ask for more money. I was thinking I should sit somewhere between 60 and 72,000. Does that sound about right to you? And that way she's able to say, oh my gosh, no, ask for 80 plus. Or she could be like, listen, honestly, I'm on less than 60, but like go for it if you, if you think you can get it. So when people talk in ranges, it's a little more comfortable for them to be able to share openly. I just know you are going to love this episode with Maggie Palmer from Pet Talk Her. And we have put together a freebie that you can download right now with all of the tips from the podcast about asking for the salary, using your voice, finding that confidence, and they're actionable tips that you can do right now. So head over to jobsforwomen.co.uk forward slash salary, pop your email address in the form and look out for an email from us. Don't forget to check your junk and spam folder. I loved talking to Maggie. I think that's clear when you listen to the app. She is so inspiring. She has amazing advice. And this is an episode that you need to listen to right the way through to the end. If you've not joined our members club, head to the show notes and join us. Enjoy. Hey there, welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, where we empower and uplift women to succeed and thrive in their professional life whilst looking after their well-being. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the issues and challenges faced by women in the workplace with particular focus on gender equality. We believe that every woman deserves the opportunity to excel in her career, regardless of her gender. And we're committed to helping women break through the barriers that hold them back. Join us every week as we hear from experts, share stories and give advice. We've got an incredible community of women who support and encourage each other. And we're so happy that you are here. Let's break down the gender barriers and create a more equitable and inclusive workplace for all. So welcome to another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I'm very excited to welcome our guest this week. We have Maggie Palmer, who is the founder of Pep Talk Her. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm just going to dive straight in. I I love your Instagram page, by the way. Um, Ah, Talk to us. I love the name Pep Talk Her. I'm always giving myself Mm. the odd pep talk. Am I (laughs) kidding? Basically, anyone that'll listen, talk yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. What what is Pep Talk Her? Yeah, so it's just a company. It's a community. Um, it's really uh, an organisation that was set up to try and close the gender pay gap because we think it's bullshit, uh, and we would like that to end. And as you know, the UN and a bunch of other research organisations are telling us that it's anywhere from one to two hundred years before we get to equality at the current pace of change. And that just kind of annoys me. Um, and so just trying to do what we can at our like grassroots level to create change, because we know to close the gender pay gap, there's a bunch of different levers like business, corporate, and then also individuals, um, unfortunately, because you know, in an ideal world, none of us would have to do anything about this because it wouldn't be a systemic issue that we were dealing with. But unfortunately that is what it is. And so we're trying to uh, meet the problem where it's at 
and shift it as best as we can. Yeah. I feel like there is a lot of emphasis on the individual bit, which which is really annoying. But I, that's a lot about. I've recorded a spin-off pod on that, mm. you know, like finding your voice and empowering yourself. Do you do mm. a lot of work with your community on that? Yeah, we do. And I think it's really important to acknowledge, Zoe, that like the thing is gender pay gap's not our fault. Um, it's not it's not our fault, right? So if you've experienced um, discrimination, conscious or otherwise, um, if you've been paid less, uh, if you're a woman of colour in the workplace and you're you're experiencing a pay gap that's even that's even worse than the statistics that we commonly hear quoted. So anywhere from, you know, like 12 to 20 percent on average those statistics are focused on the data for white women and, and the figures are much worse for women of color i think it's really important to acknowledge that so yeah it is annoying and it's it's not you know i used to be a foreign correspondent and i had an experience of the pay gap like i was paid less than the um men in the newsroom who i, who I worked next to i reported alongside and the company thought that that was totally fine uh and they told me if i didn't like it i should quit or take them to court um, and so that's kind of what we're dealing with, right? Even though it's illegal to be paid less for doing the same job, like to prove that you've got to be willing to get a lawyer and go to court. And, you know, companies know that most of us are not going to want to go through that ribbon roll because it's very stressful, right? And so, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's one of those things like in theory, the system needs to be burnt down and kind of rebuilt. Uh, and also, you know, I want to be practical and realistic about it. Um, and for better or worse, that's, that's probably not going to happen. So my attitude is we should sort of dismantle bits and pieces as we go and try and bring people on the journey with us. Um, so, yeah, one of the things that we did was we have an app um, that helps you track your career success. So we, we kind of liken it to like a period tracking app. But instead of tracking your cycle, it tracks your wins at work, right? So we're trying to create these like these resources, the app. We've got a heap of free cheat sheets. We've got like um, co cohort courses. We do a lot with corporate. So we're trying to like incrementally shift things bit by bit by bit so that we can sort of create those those tidal waves of change eventually. Uh, but, yeah, it is frustrating to me that like, you know, the onus is on us to, to change the, the system that we were born into. That app sounds awesome, by the way. I love my menstrual tracker. I, I am know, all over too. that. I have to I know. work around my bloody period. So I um, I love that. And I wish I'd have had something like that in my early career. Just mm. jumping back a step. Yeah. When you were on the newsroom floor, how did mm -hmm. you know the men were earning more? So one of my mentors told me, um, sponsors, mentors, uh, he was a bit of both actually. But yeah, he told me. And he said to me, quote, unquote, Maggie, you should have negotiated harder, <laughs> um, which is interesting, right? Um, because I guess I should have and could have maybe. Uh, and also, obviously, again, in an ideal world, you've been in this kumbaya situation where everything is fair and equitable. And certainly in most industries, uh, in 99% of industries, that's not the case. Listen, I think a lot of companies are trying to do the right thing and trying to get better. And I don't even think that my pay was like, um, actively less than other folks. I don't think they were trying to screw me over necessarily. I think it was just like, it was a business decision. They had a budget they were working within and unconsciously, you know, it just happened to be me and no doubt the other women who got the lesser paychecks than the fellas. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, one of the things that I love, Zoe, and I know you're really in favour of this too, is like talking about money openly and talking about salaries, right? And sharing with your colleagues and being an ally. Also, as women, we can be an ally to other women and men in the organisation as well. Like, how can we pay it forward too? As and when we have the education that Zoe's podcast talks about, that we talk about in the app, 
like what can we then do to pay that forward to our sisters, our nieces, our cousins who are earlier in their career or maybe indeed further along in their career? Like someone that I mentor, she's in her late 50s, you know, uh, and she's still getting screwed on her pay. And so, um, yeah, just just trying to support people and, and have those open conversations about dollars and cents, you know, what does the salary look like? What is the range? Um, trying, to, trying to normalise talking about money. Yeah, I love that. And that comes up a lot in, in our community. I think it's like this taboo, you know, like I, I remember when I first totally. I've banged on about this on the on the podcast, but when I was an intern at Warner Brothers in London and my manager at the time pulled me into the stairwell and she was like, Zoe, nobody talks about salaries, but I just want you to know that if I was a guy, I've just been made publicity manager. If I was a guy, I'd have been offered £10,000 more. And I was like, hang on a minute, what? And I was an intern and it was like this eye-opening, like, what if you, if you were a man? Yeah, and it was like my first taste yeah. of it. And I think my frustration in my early career was when I look back, I'm like, should have used your voice more, should have negotiated harder. But I feel like there was nobody helping me along with that. There wasn't as much totally. information out there like there is yeah. now to empower. Like I was a bit like, yeah. okay, and I just didn't speak up. So going back to your newsroom, did you leave? Did you did you leave or did you just keep working for the salary that they offered? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a long story. Um, no, I, I got a lawyer, basically, um, mm -hmm. because, yeah, it's it's not right and it's not legal to pay people less for doing the same job. Um, yeah. I knew that. They knew that. They didn't think that I had the gumption to do anything about it. They thought I'd just roll over uh, and I didn't. And one of the reasons for that was that, firstly, I had a really good safety net. So I had savings. I really backed myself. I was an excellent journalist and I knew that I'd get another job. I had good networks, you know. Um, and so I was like, well, what if I was pregnant or what if I was the primary breadwinner and I couldn't afford to, like, kind of take them on, you know. So I felt quite compelled to to um, stand up for myself, obviously, but also just, just I just didn't want them to do it to anyone else. And listen, maybe I'm naive. They probably have done it again. Um, but I do think that, like, if if we keep just, like, letting this go, the behaviour keeps happening and happening. And so I kind of wanted to be, like, one of those lines in the sand where I was like, you know what, actually, that's not going to happen. Like, you're not to yeah. treat me like this. So, yeah. yeah. And how, how what do you think companies can do? Because I know certain size organisation, they have to legally disclose the figures. What they can do. they just do instead of like mm. pretending that they're doing something? What can they actively do right now to make the change? So in the United Kingdom, actually, it's one of the best systems um, in terms of transparency around the gender pay gap because it is reported. It is reported in a lot of other countries, but it's not as transparent as, as it is in the UK. So if you work for a large organisation, I think it's more than 50 or 100 employees in the UK, you can actually Google your company name and gender pay gap and you'll be able to see all of the data. You'll be able to see openly what that what that percentage gap looks like. Um, which is a good thing because when we shine a light on these issues, like firstly, it embarrasses companies so that they're motivated to want to change because the problem we have in the United States where I live, I live in New York City, um, that reporting and that open reporting is not mandatory. So why would companies report it and why would they bother to change it? I mean, yes, there's like a few people who will talk about it and shame them, but like not really. So it's it's actually one of the better systems in the world. In Australia, where I'm originally from, they do have to report it, but it's not fully transparent, although that is about to change. I think it's next year. So that's good. So the more that we are transparent about this from a, from a um, data perspective, the better. Um, so in terms of what companies can do, so best practice is for companies to do at least an annual pay equity audit, because what happens is, let's say, 
I started a new company today and Zoe and I are both employees and we're both earning like 60,000 pounds. So there's no, there's no pay. Oh, there's also a bloke at the company and he's also earning 60,000. That's great. And then what happens after a year, perhaps we have, we have managers, uh, we have performance reviews and there's a human element, right? Um, and humans, we are not perfect and we have, we carry bias and unconscious and conscious bias. And so because of that, because of that human element, there will be tiny incy wincy bits of bias that creep in, whether it's intentional or not. Right, it might be one percent, it might be ten percent, whatever that looks like, and that's then going to translate into how you um, value staff's contributions and then how you compensate for that. Right, and so what we see is even large companies like Salesforce who do do pay, you know, rebalancing every year, they'll rebalance it, and then after a year, the gap creeps back in because of that human piece. Right, and so it really has to be an annual practice. Um, you know, having really clear job specs and like an understanding of like where people sit in the in the bands and like what what you know KPIs you need to hit. Just having it like documented as best as possible is really really powerful and important. Um, but yeah, there's there's not too many companies, if any, that have a zero percent gender pay gap. You know, the other thing is is that like the other part of the gender pay gap is that. Um, there's three things that that cause it. One is time out of the workforce. And we know that traditionally <clears throat> women are more likely to have more time out of the workforce, whether that's for children or caregiving responsibilities. So that is one factor that plays plays into it because it um, contributes to our length of service almost, right, in terms of experience. So that's one factor. <clears throat> but you can account for that data and for, for that and you can actually strip that out of the data and there's still a gap. And then the other gap that that is, um, you know, quantifiable is the fact that women were socialised to want to go into jobs that are traditionally paid less. So, for example, you'll see more women in teaching and nursing than, say, engineering and financing. And as a society, we value uh, typically male work at a higher level than what we value, you know, quote unquote, women's work type of stuff. And I'm being very generalist here, right? And so actually when we see more women go into a certain industry, the average pay drops, which is super interesting and probably a conversation for another day. But anyway, we can we can also control for the fact that women are more likely to go into roles that typically pay less, mm -hmm. right? So that's another factor. But you can strip that out of the data too and there's still a gap that exists. And it's that final gap that, that researchers think is due to conscious uh, and un unconscious bias and discrimination. Yeah, because it's interesting what you were saying um, with the company that you mentioned, Salesforce, that it creeps back in. And that yeah. must be because the system's in place. It must be like, okay, you have a promotion or you're a guy, an extra. It must be that like. Yeah, there's an element of that. Or, yeah, or there's a perception that, oh, so-and-so is available to travel 24-7, so they must be working harder. Or so-and-so does five days a week, not four days a week. So they, you know. Or so-and-so didn't take two maternity leads in the last five years, so they should absolutely be elevated to executive vice president versus so-and-so who took nine months off or whatever. So I'm I'm making this up, right? I'm making these are just like general statements. But but yeah, that's that's like an example of some of the things that we see I happening. Know, that's those examples are, are so great to explain it though, because everyone listening yeah. will relate to that because we know we get penalized for doing what biology, you know, what we were on the earth to reproduce and then it's like okay yeah you're not working as hard and also like candidly like you know i mean i'm just not sure who like like if we don't have children 
and repopulate the earth for better or worse with the climate change situation. But anyway, like without kids, I'm not quite clear who's going to sort of look after all of us in our in our elderly years. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think it's um it's frustrating to know that we're penalised for something that actually across society is going to benefit everyone. Uh, but it's it's a sign of the times and it's the world that we live in. And as I said, I think that's changing generationally as well. There's a lot of archaic ideas that are candidly dying out, um, which is which is you know a good thing from an equality perspective. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that the UK is leading the way. What what What's happening with the US then? Are they going to have to be held accountable to be a bit more transparent? Oh, so here it's more state by state. So you see places like California being more progressive and having conversations about making this um, transparent. So, for example, in Colorado uh, and New York State, you now have to, when you're advertising a job, you have to advertise a uh, pay range. So that's a good step too because previously, let's say there was a job and I was like, oh, I'll apply for that. I hope it pays $60,000. But because I've I've potentially, you know, been impacted by the gender pay gap my whole career, that job's value may actually be $85,000 to $100,000. But I don't know that because I've never, you know, had exposure to that sort of, you know, level of pay. So that's, so there, there's like these tiny steps that are happening, which is like really good. Um, you know, it'd be nice if it happened faster, but uh, we, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, that's really interesting to know. So, someone listening thinks mm-hmm. that they're being paid less or knows that they are. What yeah. should they do? What are they going to do? So, the first thing is to have some conversations around money, right? So, make sure there's folks in your life who you can talk to about money. Now, I'm not saying you should go up to like John in accounting and be like, "Yo, John." Let's talk about how much money you earn. I mean, you can if you want, but like start with someone who loves, trusts and respects you, right? So start with your best mate um, or your work BFF or your mum or your uncle or a cousin. Just start start in a safe place, right? Because it's awkward if you haven't talked about money much. So you want to start in that place. And then eventually you do want to talk to colleagues at work, perhaps at your company or at competitive companies. And it's a lot easier to talk to people in ranges when it comes to money. So instead of being like, hey, Susie, how much are you getting paid? You can be like, hey, Susie, I've got a performance review coming up. I'm really excited to ask for more money. I was thinking I should sit somewhere between 60 and 72,000. Does that sound about right to you? And that way she's able to say, oh, my gosh, no, ask for 80 plus. Or she could be like, listen, honestly, I'm on less than 60, but like go for it if you, if you think you can get it. So when people talk in ranges, it's a little more comfortable for them to be able to share openly, right? So that's just one little tip. The other thing is you need to be asking for a pay raise every year. Because again, ideally we'd live in this utopian society where your boss was like, "Mm, let me level set this compensation. If you're not at a big company, it's really hard to know like whether your company is doing um, uh, pay adjustments, right? And and it may not be. So in that instance, it's really up to you and the onus is on you to ask for that pay raise every year. Because if you haven't been fired, chances are you're pretty good at your job, right? Because most companies, if you're rubbish, they will fire you. So if they haven't fired you, you're probably pretty good. So if you've had a reasonably good year, you should absolutely ask for a pay increase every year. Now, they might not say yes every year, but purely going through that process of asking is kind of like flexing that muscle, right? So it's sort of like if I wanted massive biceps, I have to do these ones at the gym and flex that muscle at the gym every week, every week, every week. And slowly, 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 I'd get, you know, huge muscles. Uh, be very ripped, more ripped than I am now. Um, but if you don't ask, you'll be like one of my clients. She didn't ask for six years. And when she came to me, she was like, I can't get a pay raise. And I was like, well, when was the last time you asked? And she said six years ago. I kind of fell off my chair because I was like, oh, my gosh, inflation at this point has gone up like, I don't know, almost 30% in that time. 
So her, the real value of her salary and her money had slid backwards because she wasn't getting any pay increases. Um, so, you know, having a community is really important. Sometimes it's hard to find that community who's interested in aspirational, you know, career conversations and stuff. And so, like, obviously, Zoe's community is amazing. And so is the Pep Talk Her community. We're on Instagram. We've got free resources that you can check out. Uh, peptalkher.com forward slash pay me more. We'll talk you through a bunch of steps as well. That's a free resource. The app is there as well. So just like surrounding yourself with people who are also interested in earning more money and who are kind of taking their salary really seriously can be a powerful motivator as well to know that like, okay, there's other people out there that are asking and also asking in a way that isn't going to be negatively impacting, uh, isn't going to negatively impact you. Because the other thing that we contend with is this thing called the backlash effect, which is where um, the way that women are perceived in the workforce is actually different to men. And so we have to be more conscious, annoyingly, of how we communicate the language that we use, because otherwise we get perceived as a bitch or high maintenance or all of these other, insert other descriptive word here that I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to. Um, but there's ways around that, right? It, again, I wish that we were in a situation where we could be like, screw that, who cares? I'll ask whoever I want. But again, being realistic about it, we know from the research that it does negatively impact us. That sucks. And so knowing that though, what can I do to shift um, incrementally? I don't want to change who I am. I want to still be authentic and I want to get the best possible outcome. So that's a lot of the stuff that we sort of talk people through as well is like, how do you work within the system? um that that exists as it is right now oh my god everything that you just said then it's so annoying isn't it like even it's the way so annoying. you say like well yeah, we yeah. channel podcast the other day it's like yeah. being described as bossy or whatever as a woman if you're just assertive in the workplace totally. meeting you can command the room she's totally. bossy. yeah what? i know so it's if, a- if, if someone is listening is are we yeah. talking just drop an email to your manager and say let's have a chat is that how basic it needs to be or do you do the do we need to be doing a lot of research first? Yeah, you've got to prepare. I mean, listen, if you want £100 a year extra in your pay raise, no worries, drop your email a boss, uh, drop your boss an email, it'll be fine. But if you're talking about, if you want an extra £2,000, £5,000, £15,000, £30,000 a year, if you're talking about like a substantial increase, yeah, you've got to prepare. Like, you know, you, you can't, you can't be naive and assume like I want an extra fifteen thousand dollars, so I'm just going to think about that the night before and go on in and have that conversation. You can do that, and maybe you'll be fine. But like, also, we know that preparation is key. It's not sexy, it's not exciting, but and it's kind of boring. But it's like you just have to do it because it's worth it. It's like you know, most of our students who come through our programs, like if they're getting five thousand extra a year, we're like, eh, that's fine. It's like that's that's fine, I guess. Like most people are getting like ten to thirty thousand extra if not more, you know, like somewhere between 15 to 30% is what we would expect in terms of a pay increase. And to do that, you have to work for it. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat you and tell you it's easy and you just walk in and that's it. No, there's like stuff you have to do. You have to do preparation. You have to start tracking your stuff in the app. You have to be able to quantify it. You have to read the room in terms of the office politics and understand what's going on. Like there's a lot of steps um, and it's very doable, right? To walk through those steps and to kind of like, you know, be, there's, there's, um, about an, if you do a, like an hour or two's research and if you follow, we have um, like a program that we can walk you through that's that's pretty simple. If you have it, it's called like the salary SOS. If you have an emergency and you're like, OMG, I've got this conversation tomorrow, eat, what do I do? Um, you can just, if you just go to peptalkher.com forward slash SOS, 
it basically talks you through exactly what you have to do, like what those steps are. In an ideal world, you would have longer than that, but sometimes a recruiter calls you and you're getting on the interview tomorrow and you just don't have time, right? So I understand that. But yeah, you've got to do preparation if you want to get like bananas, um, astronomical results. Mm-hmm. And do any, in your program that you're talking about, do anybody, do, I'm assuming sometimes the answer is no. Yes. Does some of the women then go look for jobs elsewhere or do they go wait a year and go back? What's the normal? Yeah, answer? it's a great question. So one of the biggest things that you want to prepare for, yes, you want to ask for a raise. Yes, you want to know how much should that be. Yes, you need to know the scripts that you can follow that's like going to lead to a good result. And you need to prepare for the big question, what if they say no? A hundred percent. Because a no is just a not right now, right? It doesn't mean no forever. And we talk a lot about pep talker, about how rejection is just redirection. Um, and so sometimes people will go somewhere else and we do talk about having a plan B and setting yourself up for that. But, but, but there's other things that can be done too. So if they say no to the salary, okay, where can we pivot that to? What are the non-monetary benefits? What are the other things that are important to you? How can you quantify? What are the metrics I need to hit in the next six months? So that the next time we have this conversation, it's an easy yes. You know, so it's actually just about set, like stepping through all of those things. You don't want to just hear no and be like, okay, I'm disappointed, but I get it and walk out. You want to ask questions. You want to understand. You want to go through the listening process so that you can sort of read between the lines about what's happening. So sometimes you have to leave and go to another company, but not always. It kind of depends. That's really good advice. It's um, it's real tangible advice, that isn't it? It's yeah. like, okay, that's, it's a no now. So when can we regroup? Totally. What do I need to do? That's really, really good advice. And I can understand some yeah. companies are a bit more difficult than others. And some will just be like, no. And then mm-hmm. you might want to jump ship. Um, and sometimes so I- when they say no, like sometimes they're telling you a message that you need to listen to. And sometimes that message is it's never going to happen. And sometimes the message is your performance hasn't been great. Or sometimes the message is like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There's a bunch of changes coming. Like, can't say too much, but like, give me six weeks. You know, like, it just depends, right? So you've got to be sort of, that's that's why the preparation, as I say, it's not sexy, it's not exciting. But like, the preparation means that you'll be able to pivot and handle that so well compared to people who just kind of like wing it the night before, you know? Yeah, that's brilliant advice because then you've got things up your sleeve, haven't you, to pull out yep. in the especially if you go through a negotiation situation so you work with companies as well how do you how does the work that you do with organizations help them to close the pay gap yeah so we do a lot we have sixty thousand women in the pep talker community um you know using the app using our programs and stuff like that which is awesome and we do a lot of on the b2b side right so we're working with fortune 500 companies to support them of footsie footsie companies as listed companies we're working to support them with their pay, but also their leadership pipeline. So we're really on that mission to close the gender pay gap and the leadership gap, because if we can get more women into senior levels of um, management, they're going to be paid more money. And so that gap is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, right? So we work with them to retain that that middle level of like high potential talent. So we help to support them to firstly diversify what does that middle level of management look like and how can you retain them into the senior levels of the business. Because what often happens is companies these days, which is good, will have targets that they want to hit around like percentage of women in leadership, middle leadership, senior leadership, the executive. And they don't know how to get there because often women get frustrated after, you know, five to 10 years within an organization. And they're like, well, there's no pathway for me to get there. 
Why would I stay? So we're helping to build that pipeline for them. And for example, one of our big consulting clients, um, their attrition rate is around 11%. So that's the rate that people are leaving the business. And the people that go through our program, it's less than 4%. So, which is great, which means that they're saving money in terms of they're not spending as much on recruiting costs. They're not losing as much institutional knowledge. And they're able to sort of drag those people, retain those people, promote and incentivize those women through the middle management into the senior levels so that they can take all that institutional knowledge and all those relationships to kind of get really great work done at a more senior level within the organization. It makes total sense to retain them, doesn't it? Do yeah. you do anything on like menopause and period policies and stuff? So interesting you should say that actually. One of my mentors, one of my advisors, um, she has just started, she had another health tech startup and she's just started a company focused on menopause. So we don't specialize in that, but we bring her in to run content around that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's yeah, a real challenge too, right? The more, yeah, yeah which we're all going to go through, you know? I know. We had an amazing woman on the podcast who works at Bloomberg, really senior, talked about her menopause experience. And, you know, she she was like top of her game. And she was like, you know, if I didn't have that support at work, I would have left. And that widens the pay gap, which so the companies need to yeah. wake up. So for anyone listening, if they want to hook up with you, not on yeah. a date, well, you never know. Um, if they want to get in touch yeah. with you and join the community, or well, how do they do that? Yeah, so you can download the Pep Talker app that'll help you sort of track those successes. It's just uh, it's on the app stores, Pep Talk Her, or you can go to peptalker.com forward slash app. And then we have a really cool, you know, the pay raise cheat sheet is great. So peptalker.com forward slash pay me more. We're on Instagram at peptalker. So come and say hi. Let me know that Zoe sent you that you've been listening to this podcast um, and let us know how we can help support you. But yeah, we run a free career challenge twice a year too. So I personally run that live. So we have thousands of people around the world that join that, which is really fun. Um, the next one's coming up in about a month um, in the new year. So a bit more than a month, I guess, at this point. But yeah, so peptalko.com forward slash challenge. So all of the things, heaps of free resources. We just want to support you all to get paid more and promoted faster. Whoop, whoop. And I'll put all the whoop. links in the show notes so anyone listening can join. Thank you so much. That was so interesting. Pleasure. You are <laughs> so fun to chat. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, speak soon. Take care.